Coming up in this episode of I Can't See You, the code has been deciphered from last week's episode. I've got great news on a sponsor for Believe You Can 2022, and I've got a couple of great stories from the last days of the blind bodega. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 194 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and I've got a few things to talk about as usual, and I'm going to lead off with last week's Decipher. If you listened to last week's episode, I told you how I had dictated an email to myself on the train one day into the blind bodega with some bullet points that I wanted to talk about on the show. And when I grabbed that email before I recorded last week's episode, I pasted them into notes where I usually do, where I can make them really big and easy to see, so I can read through them before I press record. Once I press record, I can't get that close to the screen and continue to talk, so I either have to stop talking, look at the screen very closely, and then come back to the mic and create an edit for myself, or I kind of have to remember what I've written down. In any event, I'm going through this bulleted list, and I I don't actually put the bullets in, and I see these things, and I get to the last thing, and it says, Herobrine Text Sherl. Herobrine is spelled like hero in brine, so H-E-R-O-B-R-I-N-E. I don't know if that's an actual word or not, but that's how Emily Latella, my phone, spelled it, or heard it, and then spelled it. And I had no idea what that was. When I was ready to record, I'm like, what what does that mean? I don't know what that means. And as I was doing the show notes, I realized (laughs) it meant that real blind tech show. I know it sounds a little different, so I'm not quite sure how Emily got it so wrong. But the next morning, I was standing at 30th Street Station. I guess it was Monday morning. Sorry, not the next morning. I guess I released the episode on a Sunday, very early Sunday morning. And then Monday morning, my friend Dan, super fan Dan, texted me. He said, I think Herobrine Text Show, Cheryl, is that real blind text show. And he was correct. And I told him that I I realized that as I was doing the show notes. So good catch there, Dan. I... (laughs) I think that was a uh, that was a tough one at first until I started, like I said, doing the, the show notes. And just to point out why I was going to talk about that Real Blind Tech show, I sat in for two episodes of as a guest host uh, on that Real Blind Tech show while Ed was away on vacation and then participating in the Adaptive Baseball World Cup. And uh, it was actually one episode that... Brian cut into two because we went so long. Listening to episode 96 earlier, uh, towards the end of this week, and then I I listened a little more today while I was doing some dishes, and it really is funny, and I I felt funny on the train. As I've told Brian before, I can't listen on the train because I actually laugh out loud, and I'm sure people think I'm nuts when I'm sitting there listening to this and laughing. Uh, So that is episode 96. I'm also on episode 95 as a guest host, and we talked about a few stories and things like that that were also good. And if you haven't listened yet, I was on episode 93 with Brian and Ed as a guest, not a guest host, just a guest. 
Uh, so again, you can listen to any episode of That Real Blind Tech Show over at blindtechshow.com, an expertly made website by your, <laughs> yours truly. I don't know about expertly, but I made it and it's there and you can listen to all the episodes and that's all that counts, right? So another thanks goes out to Frank who pointed out that last week when I talked about Amazon Smiles, I said that Jeff Bezos is the CEO. He is no longer the CEO. Nevertheless, he did give $100 million last year to charities, uh, over $100 million, I should say. Uh, but thank you, Frank, for pointing that out. I, I realized that I was basing that on the email that was in the thread that I was going off on that rant about. And again, that's in last week's episode. So that's episode 193, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, or ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 193, if you want to hear that. As I was going to press record for this episode, I got a text message. I was literally just with my phone in my hand, ready to put it in airplane mode so I can hit record. I got a text from Lisa asking me and Harriet if we were busy. We're on a, we have a group, uh, thread going uh, for multiple things, both NFB related and non-NFB related. And she said, do you have a quick minute? And I texted back. I said, well, I was just about ready to press record. I, I could talk for a couple of minutes. And just keep this in mind. <laughs> when Lisa and I start talking, it never, it's never quick. Never. Whether we're recording a White Canes Connect podcast episode uh, where <laughs> where we will do the interview and then we do an intro and outro after the interview so we kind of know what's in the in, in the episode to talk about we will do the intro and then get off on a tangent in between doing the intro and the outro so it makes it a little difficult sometimes to edit because of the different tangents we go on while we speak so i knew it wasn't going to be that quick but it was quick enough so I told her that I was ready to press record. We were waiting on Harriet to get back to us. And I was sitting at the edge of my seat because she said, I have something urgent. And I was a little nervous. I, I mean, that could mean anything. And she then texted in the group that we had a gold sponsor for Believe You Can 2022. Just to fill you in on what Believe You Can is, Believe You Can is a talent show that the Keystone chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania, which, yes, is a mouthful, puts on every October. This is our third year doing it. We started out in 2020, and we it came about because of COVID. We didn't have a way of going out and doing fundraising. So we thought, why don't we do a talent show, and we could sell tickets, and it's via Zoom. And, of course, it's still via Zoom at this point. We're hoping one day to actually do it in a venue live. But right now, it's on via Zoom. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work. It is a ton of work. I do a lot of the background stuff as far as emails go for uh, ticket purchasers. Uh, I set up the payment system. I take care of the website. And you can look at the website at believeyoucan.live. And again, that's believeyoucan.live or believe you can not live, you pick. And uh, I also do uh, any kind of uh, help with graphics. I created the logo. I update the logo each year. Each year we change the color of the star that is in the logo. And this year it's copper, by the way. And I may have mentioned that in a previous episode. 
So we got a lead sponsor and the lead sponsor gets, it's $500 and the lead sponsor gets basically the naming rights. So in this case, our sponsor, assuming the check comes in, (laughs) is by a company called Dancing Dots. And it's, again, just like it sounds, it's a music company that the dots are, of course, Braille. So they are very familiar with the company, the school that Keystone Chapter concentrates our fundraising for. Uh, St. Lucie School is one that every holiday season we go and do a holiday party with the kids and each kid gets a uh, Christmas present. And I'm pretty sure we can call it a Christmas present because it, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a Christian school. So, I mean, I'm not going over the line by calling it a Christmas present there, right? I mean, I mean, maybe maybe Jewish kids and Muslim kids go there, but I I don't know. And and it is obviously open to, to to anyone because it's for blind kids, or blind and deaf or deaf. And I, I think there are a couple of. Uh, kids that are either deaf or hard of hearing in the in the class. I don't think there's any deaf-blind kids in the class. And it's a class, it, it's not just one class. It's, uh, I think there's uh, 40 kids or so in the school, and it's broken down from kindergarten through eighth grade. And so when we do fundraising, it goes to fundraise to get the kids gifts, to do the Christmas party, to do every year when there's graduates of the eighth grade, they all get uh, gift cards, either Visa gift cards or Amazon gift cards. I think last year it was Amazon gift cards, but I'm not 100% on that. Uh, and we do th- other things and have done other things throughout the years uh, with the kids from St. Lucie's. And it's a lot of fun. The, the main goal there is to show these kids who are blind or visually impaired that just because you're blind or visually impaired doesn't mean you can't go out and do things that you want to do, whether it's some some type of job or some type of sport or some other type of activity. So it's really important to us. And, and obviously, we do some other things with the money that we fundraise for, but primarily it goes to stuff at St. Lucie School. <laughs> and, and as I said to uh, Harriet and Lisa today, I said, oh, we, you know, so this year all the, the kids all get iPhones, uh, which of course is for a blind individual or a, a person who is uh, visually impaired, an iPhone is the best, at this stage of the game, the best as far as accessibility goes. And I know I've mentioned that a million times. Now, there are issues just like there is with any technology. And and I could tell you some in the uh, stories that I'm going to tell from the blind bodega. Uh, but we appreciate Dance and Dots and looking forward to them uh, being the lead sponsor. So they get the naming rights. So I'm not 100% sure if there's more to the name of Dancing Dots. And we actually have them on an upcoming episode of White Canes Connect. So that kind of is very cool that all of that plays in. And I think right now we have to redo the intro or outro to coincide with their sponsorship uh, of Believe You Can. And it's just very exciting news for us because it's just another way for us to really help to... Uh, help out the kids at St. Lucie's. And um, looking forward to getting other sponsorships. We have two other tiers. We have a silver sponsor, silver star sponsor, and a bronze star sponsor. And again, the prominent 
marking of our logo is a star. That's why there's gold star, silver star, and bronze star. And um, not that it, we're in the Olympics or anything. <laughs> so the silver star is uh, 250. And what that will get, that will get a guest post on believeyoucan.live. And that guest post obviously will have links back to the website of your company or organization. And the uh, bronze sponsor will get basically a listing on believeyoucan.live. Again, it's still a backlink, but it's just not as good as a guest post. Now, the gold star, besides getting the naming rights, so basically it's going to be Dancing Dots presents Believe You Can 2022 from the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Yes, it's a mouthful. We'll work on that. <laughs> but they will be named in everything. It will be the Dancing Dots Believe You Can 2022 talent show. Is Every time we mention it, their name will also be mentioned. It will also be mentioned when we do the first place winner. First place will be the uh, this year's winner, sponsored by Dance and Dots, is Joe Schmo, and I don't think Joe has uh, can sing, so we're not sure about that. But that's how it will go out. The silver sponsor, Silver Star sponsor, will get second place, and uh, the third place will just be third. Third prize is the least amount of money, obviously, and goes to so-and-so. There will not be naming rights for the third. Uh, Because we can have as many bronze sponsors as we can get. So if you're interested, uh, bronze are 100. uh, Silver, like I said, there's only one, is 250. And so if you have a business or your organization needs a backlink, uh, this is a backlink that you could get uh, for not a lot of money, especially if you're talking about... uh, you know, $100. Uh, Again, you'll get a listing, basically be your name, address, phone, web address, and a line or so of what your organization does. And uh, again, reach out to me here, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com if you have any interest there. Uh, Again, gearing up for that. And so the fact that the blind bodega is over, both for me and for Kirk, and I'll get into that in a second, means that I'll have a little bit more time to work on that stuff. I've got to work on the website a little more. I've got to work on the payment system a little more. So now I'll have time during the week. I was having, I was actually having calls while I was commuting sometimes to talk to different folks. And it's hard on the train because I don't like to talk loudly so everybody else is listening. I also don't want to be that person on the train who's talking loudly <laughs> So, because uh, I've been there with people around me doing that on the and on the train, and it is kind of annoying. But if somebody calls me back when I'm on the train, I take the call, especially if it's for that. If it's something else, I don't take it. As I mentioned, it was the final days of the Blind Bodega this week, not only for me, but for Kirk, who has run that business enterprise program. They call them stands. I mean, it's really about a thousand square feet, kind of a small convenience store. I dubbed it the Blind Bodega. Because it is like a bodega because you can go in and you can get hot dogs and soft pretzels and we had some other hot things to sell. Not a lot, but we also sold sodas and chips and pret- uh, hard pretzels and, and other types of snacks and candies and um, lottery tickets, things like that. 
So it really was like a bodega. Uh, and the one that I'm speaking of was in the IRS building in Philadelphia, right across the street from 30th Street Station. And Kirk was giving that up because he got a vending location and chose that to be his primary location. Now, he did that for health reasons. Again, I spent 11 hours per week either commuting or working at the Blind Bodega. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 hours per day working at the Blind Bodega or going to or from the Blind Bodega. I left my house around 6, got home around 5.15, 5.30, depending on how on time the trains were. And the last week or two, maybe I left my house at 6.15 uh, because I was taking a different train, again, referred to <laughs> commuting on the Reefer Madness Express in episode 193. And uh, I, there was a schedule change. So this week I actually still got to take the good train line, the Media Wawa line. Uh, it used to be the Media Elwin line, but there's now a station past Elwin called Wawa, just like the convenience store if you're from the Philadelphia area um, or the name of the town where the convenience store originated from. It's called Wawa, Wawa, Pennsylvania. And uh, there's a new train station there, and that opened this week. So they also added new train lines, new a new schedule. So my previous choice to use the media line was 6.09 a.m. or 7.09 a.m. 6.09 was too early, so I ended up having to hang out in 30th Street Station for a while. The 7.09 got me in too late because we usually got started at 7.30 or earlier. So the 6.27 train, which started this past week, was great for me because I, it gave me an extra 10 or 15 minutes at home so I would remember to take my meds and get everything I needed together. So it was nice. It was very nice to have that. Plus, I still got to 30th Street Station by 7 o'clock or so. Now, one day there was uh, some sort of issue with the uh, signals, so I actually didn't get in until 7.15. And I was mad that I didn't take the other the other train line, which was the Wilmington-Newark line, because I would have gotten in earlier and could have left the house later. So Kirk's last day, like I said, was yesterday, Friday. I'm recording this on Saturday night, and it's now well into Saturday night now. Because it was so intense, labor-intensive, again, the store hours were, uh, we opened at 8 every morning and closed at 11 every night. And that was for the last three or four weeks. Obviously, I didn't work until 11 at night, and, and Kirk didn't work till 11 at night. Some other folks worked that. But it was basically having to be at that store for Kirk that whole time. I didn't have a badge, so I couldn't come in on my own. You have to have a, a GSA badge, which we started the process. I never got one. And then uh, within the last week or so, uh, I was told that I'd have to start the process all over again because it was too long from the time I began it to the time I continued to follow through. And I think there was some paperwork that I missed, uh, and that was the reasoning. And when I tried to fill out that paperwork, that's when I was told um, I would have to start again. So Kirk had to be there because he had a badge. He had a GSA badge. The person who worked at night also had a GSA badge and would then sometimes work if Kirk had to leave to go to his vending spot uh, in Northeast Philadelphia, this, this girl, her name is Patsy, would have to work and worked many days, many back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back days from 11 in the morning till 11 at night, which 
uh, she's older than me, and I know how crazy tired I was when I got home every night. I couldn't imagine doing that extra time. Again, she was physically in the store for 12 hours. I was commuting and in the store for 11 to 11 and a half hours. So it was very hard. And, and again, Kirk didn't really want to give it up, but he just couldn't make his doctor's appointments and run the store and have, have the store open. So the vending is less days, and I'm going to try to do the vending with him now. The vending is, like I said, far. It's around 35 miles from my house. To take SEPTA directly all the way there, which also involved a little bit of walking, the commute was two hours and 21 minutes. It could be as short as two hours and 16 minutes, depending on what lines I took. That includes waiting time in between getting off of one train and getting onto one other thing, whether it's a bus or the Market Frankfurt line or whatever it is. But that doesn't take into account getting, if we were going to start at 9 a.m., I would end up getting there at 8.25. So if we were going to start at 9, that's an extra 35 minutes that I'd be standing around waiting. So you're looking at close to three hours, which is just not doable for me. There's just no way I could do that twice a day, even for three days a week. You're talking about working six hours and commuting six hours, basically. And and I told Kirk this last the beginning of last week after I looked into it, and I felt bad because I know he was really counting on me, and um, and I I do enjoy working with him, um, and I've always enjoyed being around him. I've I've known him uh, since I started going to statewide NFB. Pennsylvania events and then the national convention in Vegas uh, a few years ago. So, you know, I like to be around him. He's, you know, we have very similar ideas about business. And, um, and obviously, the, not everybody runs a business the same way. There are things that I would do that he did differently. And, and whether it's right or wrong, again, it, it doesn't matter. It's just everybody has a way of doing something, just like with anything. So, I told him I would try it, but I said, you've got to look for somebody else because I don't know that it, it's sustainable for me. I don't know that I could do this commute. And he said, okay, he was disappointed. And later that day, after he left, I walked him out because he was going to the vending. Um, with I, I still had a few hours left in my shift, so I, I walked out with him uh, to tell him this. And he called me an hour or two later while I was still working, and he said, what if we picked you up? Where do you live? And I said, I live about a 45-minute drive from the post office where the vending is. And, and I'll get into what the vending is I'm speaking about, how, how, it, how it works. And I said, that's ridiculous for you to come below where you need to be. He lives in Allentown. So his plan is to drive down 476, the Northeast Extension, to 276, which is the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and then over to 1900 Byberry Road in Philadelphia, where this postal facility is. And again, I'm not talking about a place you would go in and buy some stamps or send a package to grandma. This is a place where it is a big distribution center. There are around 20 or 30 vending machines on the property. And as I mentioned before, the Business Enterprise Program, or BEP, has a couple of different components. There are different businesses you could run. One is a cafeteria. 
no interest whatsoever in that. And they would be in places like uh, VA facilities or other federal facilities like that. Another are things like what I was working at, a bodega type of store. Um, they call them grab-and-go or cafe, uh, things along those lines. You make, you sell some prepared foods, and then you sell snacks and, and drinks, bottled drinks, uh, coffee. Uh, for a while, Kirk sold like frappuccinos and stuff like that, and, um, and stuff like that, lattes from a machine that uh, uh, you could use to make them. And uh, lottery tickets and whatnot. And the lottery tickets are all done through vending. It's very cool how these machines are. If you've ever bought a lottery ticket from those, those machines, it's, uh, you can do just about everything. And people come in all day long to buy that. And when Mega Millions was, was really high a few weeks ago, uh, in one day, one of the machines had done around $2,500. And uh, combine the two. And one machine always did a lot better because they thought the machine on the right was luckier. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, when I bought tickets, I didn't care which one I bought a ticket for. I bought it from one or the other. It didn't matter to me. And so in that span of one day where the one did 2,500, the other one did 700. So it wasn't even a full 24 hours. And that's how much came in. It's just amazing how much money the machines generate. And it's not just Powerball and Mega Millions and Pennsylvania Lottery uh, daily number type games. It's the scratchers and things that you can play online right there on the machine. And, um, and we also paid out, if you, if you won less than $600, we could pay out in the store. And so somebody would get a voucher and say, hey, do you have you have enough money in the drawer to cash this? And we'd say, how much? And the person would say, 500 bucks. And we'd have to check to make sure we had it in the drawer before we scanned the ticket. So there were a lot of things involved in this blind bodega. And again, it was a, I could see how lucrative it could be. Now, my issue with this type of store or business is you need employees, and over the course of the time that I've been there, and I started to help Kirk out back on the 20th of June, I realized a couple of things, which I know I've mentioned a few times. One thing is I don't ever want to have employees ever again, other than Liz or maybe Jane or Jacob. There were issues with several employees and one quit on the spot and left Kirk high and dry. And I talked about that a few episodes ago. One would make up their own hours and come in an hour after he was supposed to come in and leave early and then complain that he didn't have enough hours. And I just don't want that. I just don't want to have someone having that control over my life. And... The things that I gave up this summer, missed going down the shore because the one girl quit, missed going on a Philly Touch tour, visit to a museum in Delaware, uh, missed a podcast interview or two that for White Canes Connect that Lisa and Stacy had to do on their own because I just couldn't do it. It was during the day. Uh, has made everything as far as White Canes Connect go. I used to get an episode out a week. And it's been two weeks now, every other week, because I just can't, there's not enough hours in the day 
for me to do all the stuff for the blind bodega, have a minute to talk to Liz and play with Ziggy, and then spend time editing. I, on White Canes Connect, I probably spend anywhere from five to 10 hours per episode total, whether it's compiling the show notes or editing or um, some other thing, posting on social media for it, five to 10 hours per episode. So I would usually do a good few clips per week or per day when I came home but if I had other things going on, I've been working, as I've mentioned before, on Flight for Sight on their website. Uh, I've, and I've got some other things going as well. I'm trying to put a business plan together for a business idea that I have uh, that I was hoping to have done by now. But I haven't, in reality, other than doing some minor investigating on how I'm going to start this plan, I haven't put any kind of wording together as far as this proposal goes. So... All of that has gone by the wayside because I've spent so much time either at the blind bodega or commuting to or from the blind bodega. And it's one of the things that's disappointing to me. I don't have a laptop, number one. I can't see a laptop, and I'm not great with voiceover on a Mac. I'm fine with it on a phone, but it's very different. It's two different things. They're called the same thing, but they are, they are very different. And there are many different commands and many keystrokes that are different on Mac OS as opposed to iOS. And so while commuting, I really, as, as you can see by my first uh, item this week, I can't really dictate stuff. And I took a, I have a, a wireless keyboard that I would take in to try and type things up but it was just too difficult on the train and the battery lasted. Uh, <laughs> I took it in, it worked for a couple of seconds and then died. And I thought, you know what, it's just not worth the effort. It was hard for me to type. Obviously I, I would have my, my iPhone was <laughs> just sitting on the seat next to me. I don't have to hold it or anything. Uh, but it was just, it was just too tough. There's not on the septic commuter trains, there's no table or anything like that. So I couldn't really do any kind of work. Like I said, I would take phone calls if I got phone calls coming in, but I would never place phone calls while on the train. So just so many things going on. And then, of course, then, like I said, Believe You Can stuff has started up. And we actually, I feel we got a late start on that. And we all kind of agree, but we waited till after the NFB National Convention to get everything going because a lot of people going to the convention just didn't have time beforehand to do things. As far as, especially as far as Believe You Can goes. While I am sad for Kirk, because again, he did not want to leave that place, but he just, health-wise, he just couldn't do it because there, were, there was no time in the day to schedule appointments for himself. As far as doctors go and things like that. And he has a couple of health issues, so, uh, so he kind of had to do it. He was, his hand was forced. And, and I know just like with things that I've talked about that I can no longer do it's just sad when you have something that you like doing and that you no longer can do it to the level that you want to be able to. And he just couldn't do both the store and go to the appointments and whatnot. So he had to give it up. And um, it was nice. All the people came in and said some very nice things about him and about the store and and stuff like that. So that part was nice. Now, I do have a couple of good stories from this week. And and I knew once this happened, this first item I'm going to talk about, 
I knew this was going to be my lead story on, <laughs> on the uh, stories from the blind bodega, the final days of the blind bodega. Tuesday afternoon, I'm ringing up some people, and a woman comes to the register, and I ring her stuff up, and it was five dollars and twenty, five dollars and fourteen cents, or five dollars and fifteen cents. And she said, oh, good, I really didn't want to go over $5. And she then is holding a note in her hand, meaning a bill, a currency, piece of currency. And she says, and here I have a quarter. Now, again, I have a lot of difficulty doing currency. And, I, and I'm kind of surprised. I, I've, it's been okay for me for the most part. It's very hard for me. And on some days when my vision was especially bad, it wasn't easy to figure out what somebody was handing me. So when she said that and then handed me the 25 cents, the quarter, and the, the bill, I thought, okay, it's, it's 514, let's say. So I gave her the 11 cents. I said, you're all set. And I hand her the, she said, oh, no, I'm not. And I looked down at the bill and I open it up. I said, oh, it's a 10. You knew that was a 10. I said, no, I, I didn't, ma'am. I didn't know. I said, you asked, you, you said you didn't want to go over $5, and then you hand me a bill, and I didn't, I, I couldn't see it when you handed it to me. Oh, you knew what it was. And I, I started to get angry, and I said, do you, see what my, do you see what my mask says? And she's looking at it, and she says, I, I don't know what it says. I said, it says, I can't see you podcast. What do you think I can't see you means? I said, I'm blind. You knew that was a 10. I said, no, I didn't. I said, I'm blind. I said, until you pointed it out. I said, there are thousands of dollars in this store. You think I'm going to take your five? And she, she, and, and I'm, I, I went on a little bit further and I guess I made her feel bad. <laughs> and, and that made me just think of another story. Uh, which I won't tell this week because I want to clear it with someone else first. I said, do you think that makes me feel good? Do you think that I'm going to steal your $5? You think that's, you think that's what I'm, I'm doing here? That blind people like to steal from other folks, from sighted folks? I didn't know you were, you were blind. I didn't know. I, I swear I didn't know. And I was really mad. And she could tell I'm really mad. And then she said, uh, and she went on and she kept apologizing. And she kept apologizing and she said, we're good now, right? And I said, yes, we're good. And I said it in a way that really you could tell I wasn't good with it. <laughs> and I give her her change. I give her her correct change. And she takes, I don't remember what she ordered, what she bought. And she leaves. And I keep going back and forth from the back to the front. I don't remember if I was getting something from the back or just clearing. We have a Keurig machine where we sell coffee from. And uh, we have a little trash dispenser right in front. So when a person is done with their, their pod, um, they can throw it in that and throw in any of the empty sugar or sweetener things. And they don't just leave it on the counter or have to walk around to a regular trash can. So I'm, I'm going back and forth. And maybe I was grabbing hot dogs to put in the, the case or whatever. And I keep noticing this bag sitting there that I knew somebody had walked out of the store and forgot. Well, sure enough, it was that woman. <laughs> so I guess she was flustered enough after accusing me of trying to take her five bucks that uh, she was a little little uh, out of commission. And uh, 
Here's the funniest part of this story. The very next morning, a lady comes in and buys a couple of items. And um, again, I don't remember the amount. It was in the 2 or $3 range. <laughs> she, she gives me the money. I give her her change. And as she's walking out, I realize, wait a minute, she gave me a 10, not a 5. And she was walking pretty quickly. And before I knew it, she, you know, where the bodega is, is in this hallway where immediately to the left, when you exit the store, there are turnstiles that you have to swipe your card. You have to have a, you swipe your ID card to get in. And so once you're through there, if you don't have an ID, you can't go through. So I couldn't go through. And then around the next corner are elevators where you go up to your floor and whatnot. So when I ran out to look for her, she had already gone down that hallway to the elevators. And um, I thought, oh boy. So I didn't try to steal that lady's $5 yesterday, but today I did steal that lady's $5. (laughs) But fortunately, she came back in within a few minutes because one of her other coworkers had texted her to get another pretzel or two or something like that. So, So it all worked out. She got her money. Just jumping in to make a quick edit here, I just want to point out that it is two different Ladies, it wasn't the same woman from the day before that I actually went after to give back her $5. And it's kind of funny because I have another $5 story. So that's two $5 stories. Here's the third and final $5 story uh, from this week. And it's kind of funny. Uh, And it happened just yesterday, Friday. There was a guy that came in and he wanted a popcorn and a soda. And the popcorn sold in three different price ranges the, the final few days, it was only two. We had a large bucket and a small bucket. Large one was two fifty. Small one was two bucks. If you wanted butter on either one, it's twenty five cents extra. The butter wasn't really butter. It was butter flavored coconut oil, which is the same stuff that the popcorn pops in. And for whatever reason, people love that, and it's so horribly bad for you. So this guy comes in and he orders the popcorn from Patsy, and I was out. I don't remember if I was throwing something away, but I come behind the counter. Oh, I had gone to the bathroom. And when I come back and I'm going behind the counter, Patsy was making this popcorn. She said, I'm making this for the guy who was in and he forgot his wallet at his desk. I said, okay. And I wouldn't have continued. I guess she had already started to make it enough where she couldn't just dump it back because she had put some of the butter on. Because when we put the butter on, you do it in layers. You do popcorn uh, halfway up the bucket and squirt some butter flavoring on, then do more popcorn, and then at the top do some more butter-flavored oil on it. So she put it next to the register that I was using, and we actually, and in fact, shared that register because the other register was just junk, and we knew it was Friday. We, We didn't need to run both registers. So the only time... I ran the register when she was doing hot dogs. I, I ran the register most of the time. She would run it when I ran to the bathroom or whatever. So the guy comes back down and he grabs the soda to get the soda and the popcorn. <laughs> and he's like, where's my $5? Where is it? And he's frantically searching his pockets. And he's like, oh, man, I just had it. Da, 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 da. So I don't know if he took it out of his wallet and put it in his pocket. I don't know what happened. So finally, he just takes out a credit card or a debit card and pays with that, $5. And he goes on his way, and he's a little flustered. Again, it's 5 bucks, so it's not a huge amount, but he knew he had it on him. So I wait on a few more customers, and a guy comes up, and he said, oh, 
he said, did somebody lose money? I said, is it a $5 bill? And he said, yeah. I said, yeah, there was a guy that was frantically looking for it a couple of minutes ago. And in fact, I thought you were him because he also had a red shirt on. And the other guy had a red hat on as well. This guy didn't have a hat on. His name was uh, Charles, the guy that found the money. So I'm like, oh, man. So I, I went outside and I looked for him. I'm like, how can we find this guy? And um, Patsy said, you know, there's an office across the hallway. Maybe they can tell you. I, I, I ended up looking up the transaction. And because he paid by credit card, I had his name, which I won't say here. His first name was Tyson. Um, so I thought, well, if I go across the, maybe they can figure out a way to contact Tyson. I Googled him and there's, this guy's name wasn't as unique as I thought it was, even though it sounded pretty unique to me. And I thought, what could I do? And then I realized I could void or refund the credit card transaction and just re-ring it and use the $5. So we would get the credit back on his card and then use it for the $5, even if I couldn't contact him and tell him I could do that. So I did that, and I felt pretty good that, that he was going to get his money back, and, and there was no way of him knowing why that would have been refunded, because Kirk's not going to be the owner there next week, and that store, in fact, will be closed for a week while they do renovations to it, and I'll get into that in a second. The guy who found the money came in a little while later, and he said, did you find the guy? And I said, no, but... Because he paid with a credit card, we were able to find the transaction. We refunded the credit card charge, and then we re-rang it. I re-rang it as a cash charge and used the $5. So it worked out well. The guy who found the money, Charles, then wanted to buy a five-hour energy. And it, <laughs> it always makes me laugh when people are buying that at work. One day, a lady, I think I told you a couple of episodes ago, a lady came in and bought two one day. And I said, oh, it sounds like a rough day. And it was a day that Liz was there to do the, the job fair. Uh, and I'll tell you that in a second, too. So uh, he then asked, this guy Charles then asked, how much are the Mentos? And I said, you know what? Because you, you turned in that, that money for that guy, I said, I'll give you the Mentos. And I put some tip money in for that, to cover that. And this week, I put tip money in for about three or four people who either wanted to charge something that was less than a dollar or that had done something nice or that was short, whatever, I threw the money in. And, um, and I didn't mind doing that because I didn't think the tip money, I didn't think it was right to take the tip money. So to use it for something like that, the only people it cost with, <laughs> with the tip money was the Keystone chapter because I'm, I've added up all my uh, tips and it's around $94 throughout the summer. And I'm going to donate that to the Keystone chapter uh, I, of course, have used it at Dunkin' to pay for my tea in the morning and whatnot. But the uh, the 94 or so dollars, and it, it was a little over. I don't remember the exact amount. Uh, but that's going to the Keystone chapter. So I, I was happy to get it. But again, when I'm getting paid to do a job, I should do the best job that I possibly can. I'm There's no way I can go any faster if I'm doing the best job I can. There's no way I can do it any better if you put in a dollar or 50 cents or whatever it may be, I appreciate that, that you appreciate the service, but it's unnecessary to me. That being said, every morning at Dunkin', I would put, <laughs> I would put my change in their tip thing. Um, but they always remembered my order, except for one time. So 
so I was happy that this guy Charles was happy because I acknowledged the fact, you know, by giving him those, (laughs) that roll of candy. Um, and you know, he got something for doing something good. And, and I, I just hope that this guy Tyson realizes why the, there is a refund on his charge and not a, (laughs) and not a charge on his charge. Uh, so, and again, it wasn't a lot of money, but you know, when you lose even a couple of bucks, it's something. And, uh, so I was happy that, uh, the, somebody found his money and, and that was good to go. So I am so happy to be done at the blind bodega and the vending, like I said, I'm going to try and, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'll try on Monday. Uh, I'll take the train to what's called the Forest Hill Station. So I'll get on in Swarthmore. I'll have to get off at Jefferson Station, tra- change to a different train, and then go to Forest Hills, not in New York. Forest Hills at, I think it's 299 Byberry Road is the address of the station. And then Kirk and his driver will pick me up there, and we will go the last mile and a half in a car uh, to the post office that has 20 or 30 vending units, which, again, includes some lottery machines and soda and snacks, and I'm not sure what else. So I'm interested to see that because it's part of the BEP program, and I'm interested in that. Um, But after the time at the Blind Bodega, I know I don't want one of those. I know I don't want a cafeteria. So I'll see what I think about the vending and if I want to continue to pursue that. Um, Again, the vending is something that Liz and I would be able to do on our own uh, because she can drive, obviously, and uh, I think it's something that we can handle on our own. But if not, like I said, I have a business proposal to put together to also submit to the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services to see if I can get that off the ground if I don't do the vending. So I'm going to start working on that. And uh, those, I'm guessing, are the final stories from the last days of the blind bodega. Again, I was glad I can help Kirk out. But as I heard some women talking the other day about their vacations, I thought, I have missed the entire summer. I have worked in a windowless store, whether it was the one at the IRS building or for the first week or two at the William Green Federal Building at 6th and Arch. I've worked in a windowless store the entire summer, every weekday. Now, there was one or two weekdays, one or two days that I had off for doctor's appointments. But for the most part, since the 20th of June, that's what I've been doing during the week. Uh, Oh, I did also have off for 4th of July because the federal buildings are closed, of course, on (laughs) on 4th of July. So I had one day with the doctor's appointment, one day with 4th of July. I I think they were the only two days uh, over that seven or eight week span uh, that I had off during the week. So it'll be interesting on Tuesday whether I continue on with the vending past Monday or not. Tuesday I will have off because it's a a three-day-a-week thing, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, Friday, I will also have off because I have a doctor's appointment and I'm interested to see how my eye pressure is because my vision has still been pretty crappy. Um, and uh, we'll see how, we'll see what, this is my cornea specialist who did the transplant uh, back in April that for about two months was going great. And then I took that Stellara and it's been downhill ever since. And it didn't even help my psoriatic arthritis. So it was a fail all the way around. And uh, it makes me a little leery about trying new meds, obviously. And I'm supposed to try another new med called Tulse or something like that. 
um, to try and help the psoriatic arthritis, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but it makes me a little leery because I'm afraid, as I've heard stories from folks before, not not medical related, not medicine related. They go to sleep where they have some sight. They wake up the next morning, they got none. And uh, it's always something that's in the back of my mind. Uh, some days more so than others. Like when I had the detached retina, I was worried every day I was in London uh, and I didn't have the surgery. Um because I was in London, not in Philadelphia, was I going to wake up and not see? And of course, that didn't happen. Uh, and hopefully it won't happen. <laughs> but uh, I have to get the psoriatic arthritis under control without doing any more craziness to, to my vision. Because there's not a lot left there. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, between you and me, I like seeing, even if it's a little bit, even if it's blurry, even if I can't read any of the stuff, any of the graphics on TV anymore have a lot of trouble reading on my computer. Um, so why I have to use voiceover or text to speech, uh, on my computer. Uh, I do like to see, and, um, and I'm sure most, <laughs> I'm sure most of you who have sight, even a little bit of it would agree, uh, that it's good. <laughs> uh, even if it's not a good thing you're, you're looking at, it's still better to see it than not. So, uh, one last thing I will talk about is, White Canes Connect, episode 44 should drop in the next couple of days. We talked to a lady named Passel, who is both an artist and a marathon runner, and she's blind. But she does both marathons and um, triathlons and things like that. Uh, she will run shorter races. She can run up to a 5K, uh, I believe it's 5K, with her guide dog, who, uh, if you recall me mentioning... On more than one episode, my first interaction with a guide dog, we were in a one of the one of the uh, Senate office buildings down in Washington, and we had to go to this event. And there was a group of about ten of us, and Passel was there with her dog. And none of us knew where the elevator was. And she tells the dog, "All right, find the elevator." And the dog took us to the elevator, <laughs> and we got to where we needed to be. So that was very cool. And um, so 5K, she can the dog can go with her. It's not too much. I think anything over 5K, I'm pretty, again, pretty sure it's 5K, not 10K, but uh, the dog was able to do the race with her. Marathons obviously are too long, and she couldn't use the dog in that. And there she used, uh, I believe, a sighted guide. Uh, but that's going to be episode 44 with Passel, and she's going to also talk about art. And she told me to just do the art, because I, I told her I've always had an interest in that. Uh, and that's something my mom was very interested in. And just doing graphics itself on the computer is uh, kind of like doing art. It's art. It's more like art with a purpose, telling you how much something's on sale for or when an event is or the look of an event, whatever. So uh, that I'm working on. And I'm looking forward to getting more of those episodes. Like I said, uh, get back on track to doing having one of those episodes drop per week. White Canes Connect, you can find it on Apple and Spotify. PA Blind Podcast on Twitter, at PA Blind Podcast. You can see all the episodes there. I'm working on that website. And again, now that I have a little bit of time, once I get Flight for Sight done, I will hopefully finish off that uh, website as well. And again, that'll be at whitecanesconnect.com. And again, White Canes Connect is the official podcast of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. And again, if you just search in your podcast player of choice for 
white canes connect, you should come up with it. I know <laughs> I say that, but we're still having trouble getting on Odyssey, which if I have a minute somewhere along the line, I will follow up with that. Uh, but it's a lot of fun doing that. We did an episode today, or I, we did an interview today, and will be an episode for probably about three or four weeks from now uh, with someone who is named Lavette Bird, and she has a women's conference coming up in October, actually a week after Believe You Can. So, uh, so I'll work on that. So that drops sometime towards the end of September. So that is something that uh, hopefully will help drive some ticket sales for her event. Uh, and again, it's not her event is not a blindness event. It's a women's event. Uh, but Lavette is blind and a member of the Keystone chapter and the Greater Philly chapter of the NFB of PA. So it was nice to speak with her and her daughter Gabrielle and Denise Brown, who I know I've mentioned before on this ep- on this podcast. Uh, Denise is the president of the Greater Philly chapter. Episode 44 of White Canes Connect will drop within the next couple of days if you're listening to this when this episode drops. Otherwise, it should be out. And um, episode 44 will be with Passel. And uh, it was great fun to talk to her. And she had a lot of uh, great things to say as far as working on art and doing what you love. And but whether it was running or uh, doing the art. And she's done it for most of her life. So uh, it was a good interview. Lisa and I talked to her and uh, looking forward to getting that out. And and hopefully, like I said, it'll be out within a day of this dropping, but I can't promise that because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on as usual, but less now. And I will have more time now during the week to do that with the exception of this week where I have two fantasy football drafts. Oh, and I don't know that I've mentioned, everybody knows in the all blind league, my team name is FC Tunguska 08 because of the Tunguska event that happened in Siberia back in 1908. I created a great looking logo there. My team name in the second league that I'm in, and it's a half blind, half sighted league. And it was put together uh, by Colin, who works for Yahoo. Uh, Brian and Colin go back a ways uh, when Brian first started emailing Yahoo about the accessibility of their app. And Colin helped out in last year's documentary, um, and you can, if I haven't beaten that to death yet, I can't see you.com slash football, you can see that documentary, that mini documentary. Uh, Colin was one of the ones that helped Brian draft his team because Brian didn't have his computer and somebody needed to control the draft while we were filming. <laughs> so Colin was that guy. And Colin has been interested in fantasy football for a long time. So he and Brian thought, what a cool idea get six folks from the Blind League and six folks from Yahoo. And uh, so so it's called the Frenemies League. My team name for that will be Golden Menace. And of course, it's named after Ziggy. <laughs> and so I, I can't wait to create a logo for that. Uh, I've already got an idea in my mind whether I can create it. I don't know, but I'm going to give it a go uh, over the next few days so I can have that ready for the draft, which is this Friday at 7.30 Eastern. And again, um, I know Colin lives out in Seattle and a few of the folks from Yahoo live in California. So uh, 7.30 is going to be a little early for them, but uh, 4.30. But looking forward to that league. That one is actually a paid league where we can win actual money. So I do have a few things this week, but less as far as work goes, actual work at the Blind Bodega, none of that. Just some vending maybe, 
uh, definitely on Monday, but we'll see how far it goes after that. Uh, again, I, I don't want to leave Kirk high and dry. Um, so if he tells me, if he asks me to stick around until he has a replacement, I would do that. That is all I have for this episode, episode 194 of I Can't See You. If you have questions, comments, show ideas, please reach out. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I've also got a phone number you can give a call if you've got questions, comments, show ideas. If you've got ideas for other things, if you've got uh, a review, if there's something I said that you disagree with or you agree with, please reach out. 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. As always, show notes are available at icantsueu.com slash 194. And again, the naming convention there is icantsueu.com slash and then the episode number. And it's always a three-digit episode number. In this case, it's episode 194. So icantsueu.com slash 194. Remember... I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 194. I really do appreciate you listening to this episode of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj, on all the socials. Please stay safe, be well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.